We are with Colton Pouncey of The Athletic, a man that needs no introduction. We're going to go over his state of the program, fan survey results from you Michigan State Spartan fans. It's going to be a great time with Colton as always. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the start of the week. Welcome to Lockdown Spartans. You guys are truly the best. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast or YouTube channel any way you digest all this great content with our guy Colton Pouncey here, who I'm going to let talk in a hot second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Colton. How you doing, man? People are, are here to listen to you talk, so go go on. Do, do your thing. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm awesome. Can't can't complain whatsoever. I haven't completely melted away in the 135-degree temperatures in Michigan. Um, so Insane, life, is, life is great, man. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it can't be beat. Um, before going any further, obviously we're going to talk about your state of the program piece that you wrote for The Athletic, the fan survey that you ran for The Athletic. But before we get to that, quick programming note uh, – Peek behind the curtain here, guys. We are recording this on Thursday night. So if anything happens over the weekend, like James Pyatt goes on to win this U.S. Open or MSU football gets like 15 recruits this weekend, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. So this is just a little pre-recorded action here. I'd love to talk about it, but unfortunately on a Thursday afternoon, I, I can't see the future unless you can, Colton. Do you want to make like a bold prediction of what happens this weekend in anything or, or no? Yeah, I think uh, 10 five-stars will commit to MSU. It doesn't okay. matter if they're visiting or not. That's just my wow. prediction for this weekend. That's so what, circle back on Monday. Yeah, we'll we'll see what they do. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and uh, Draymond Green, triple-double in game seven um, mm-hmm. in rebounds, assists, and steals. N- not even points. So that's going to be my prediction as well. Sounds good. Um, let's, let's just get to it, man. This is awesome. You do great work at The Athletic, of course. You know, it, it is a paid subscription. Oh, I don't want to pay for stuff. Well, <laughs> You get what you pay for with our guy, Colton, who just delivers nonstop greatness. And your state of the program uh, address is what we'll call that. goes through everything. You know, it goes through coaching, the offense, the defense. It's, it is what it is, the state of the program. It's pretty straightforward. And I just want to start the conversation where you kind of started this piece uh, at, and that is with the offense, specifically Peyton Thorne. And listen, it's, it's no secret that okay, Kenneth Walker isn't walking through that door. It's a bummer because he was awesome at running the ball. We had a great time. But you also mentioned the play-action aspect of this. And you pulled up an interesting stat that Thorne threw for 12 touchdowns and two interceptions last year off of play-action and ranked 11th in yards per completion on play-action as well. Again, that was obviously helped by Kenneth Walker. Can this offense next year be good without the play-action, or is that going to be really crucial for MSU and – if it is, can we even replicate somewhat of what we had last year with the play action with what we have in the run game this year? Yeah, I think you can. I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, it does help when you have a dude like Kenneth Walker who won the Walter camp and the dope Walker award um, back there at running back. But at the same time, I think, you know, what the play action is all about is about the threat of a running game. And when the defense, you know, kind of crashes down a little bit and you're able to you know go over the top of the deep ball, like we saw Peyton Thorne do time and time again last year, so really, I think you're just looking for the threat of a running game. Um, again, you don't need that caliber of running back, but Michigan State does have some pretty good dudes back there, I think. Um, 
you know, Jarek Broussard, he's coming in. I think he arrived on campus last month. So he's mm-hmm. with the program right now. He's already been training with them. He was the 2020 Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year, uh, rushed for, you know, close to 900 yards in six games that season. So, I mean, he's a pretty good player. Um, I think he was a little banged up last year, but Michigan State's expecting big things from him. Um, got Jalen Berger, who's coming over from Wisconsin, you know, four-star, former top 150 player. Um, I would expect those guys to maybe get the bulk of the carries this year. I mean, maybe a guy like Davion Prim. Um, they've got a lot of dudes that are in the mix that have kind of been around the right. program for a while. Uh, Elijah Collins still here, Jordan Simmons, you know, those those types of guys. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think they can find a solid rotation, maybe carve out some roles for those guys. But, again, I think just having the threat of a run game. So if that happens to be Jarek Broussard and he rushes for maybe, you know, 900 yards and you have Jalen Berger come in and rush for a couple hundred yards and you, all of a sudden you're not getting that Kenneth Walker level, but you're still getting close to that with a couple of guys. So um, if that threat is there, that'll open up the passing game for Peyton Thorne, who I think is – probably, you know, ready to take that next step. Um, you know, I think he would even admit that, you know, he had room to improve last year. Uh, he's got his guy, Jaden Reed back. Um, I think yeah. people are expecting big things with Keon Coleman. Uh, Trey Mosley has been a glue guy for this offense for a while. And I think he's going to get some more touches this year. So I think with the passing game, you can do more things. And then you have Daniel Barker, the tight end, um, who I think will be able to help the intermediate game with Peyton Thorne. And maybe that's something that we see a little bit more of instead of all those deep passes that we saw last year, maybe a little bit more balance. So gotcha. I think when you look at the offense in general, I think they have some solid pieces there. And it's a matter of can Peyton Thorne take that next step and where can you take this offense? Daniel Barker's name is a great segue into where I want to take this next. And yeah, just took two questions for me to get to tight end talk. Uh, <laughs> something that I've just been like fascinated with this offseason because it's been a hot minute since we've seen, you know, really strong tight end play at Michigan State. But how do you think it stacks up this year with, of course, the incoming transfer in Daniel Barker out of Illinois? You got Malik Carr, who can be a tight end, but is he a receiver sort of deal? But also, let's not forget, coming back for his 16th year, hey, T- Tyler Hunt's in the mix. So, like, <laughs> yes, he he's back. How do you stack those guys up, and what do you expect from the tight end position for Michigan State this year? It is a fascinating position, and yeah, I think a lot of people were ready to just anoint Malik Carr as the next, you know, great tight end. But I was. Yeah. I think he's got some work to do. You know, he made the switch from wide receiver last year. And I think we saw some of the talent that he displays. You know, he runs like a gazelle when he gets the ball in his hands. Right. Not many tight ends run like that. And I think that's sort of the tantalizing part of what he brings to the table. But at the same time, I think he needs to improve as a blocker. You know, that's a big thing for Jay Johnson and Ted Gilmore to get on the field at that position. Um, I think when you have a guy like Daniel Barker, who's, I think, fifth or sixth year guy, one more year of eligibility at least, um, you know, he's coming in to play. He didn't transfer here just kind of be a backup. So he wants to play. He wants to start. He's going to compete like he's a starter. Um, So I think when you look at those two, you have a solid duo. Now, who's going to get the start? I guess we'll find out. That'll probably be decided in fall camp, but it's a good problem to have. So maybe you bring in the guy like Barker to kind of get the most out of Lee Carr and, you know, try to you know, force him to put in the work. Not that, you know, I don't think he has to be forced. You know, he's a pretty solid sure. guy that way. But same time, it doesn't hurt to always, you know, increase that competition. So it's pretty interesting. They have two guys that I think could be really good receiving receiving threats for this offense, just a matter of which guy takes that top spot. Um, and if Malik Card doesn't need another year, I don't think it's the worst thing. So uh, I look at the tight end position as a borderline strength right now. Um, you mentioned Tyler okay. Hunt back for his 12th year. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of surprised he's back, but he is back, and you know he can be a nice piece there too. So they got some solid depth in that room for sure. 
he had the throw of the year last year. I mean, no disrespect to Peyton Thorne. I think the world of him, but like of all throws last season. Well, that might have been the catch of the year on Peyton Thorne. It was was the catch of the year, 100%. So, yeah, the guy could do it all. He could punt if you need him. He'll wash your car. He'll change your brake pads. He does it all. So, yeah, yeah, it's nice to have him back for for another season. So, we, we talked running backs. We talked tight ends. How about we talk about that little sliver in the Venn diagram right there? Here's a name that isn't thrown out a lot these days, but Harold Joyner, like, can we expect anything from him this year? Or was last year kind of the writing on the wall that like, yeah, God, he's a good athlete, but like, there's really no concrete spot for him here. It's just a, I'll I'll use the F word again. He's a fascinating player, like a fascinating predicament that we have here. Yeah, I think that's sort of been the issue without, you know, throughout his career, uh, even when he was at Auburn is like, what position can we put this guy at? Because right. he's a six four running back. Um, I, he's not really a between the tackles kind of guy. He's not like a power guy. He's more finesse. I think he's probably I don't know maybe a little slow to put at receiver. I don't know. Sure. Now they need receivers, but he is also a pretty good receiving threat in terms of being able to catch the ball. Um, but I don't think you'd want to line him out there like full time. So it's a tough spot. You know, me and Nick Baumgartner, we talked about, you know, would he be a guy to kind of replace Connor Hayward in that H back, you know, utility player type of role. Mm-hmm. I think if that were going to happen, they'd probably have to try to bulk him up some more because he's kind of thin. Um, and I don't know if that's happened this off season. I guess we'll find out in a couple months what he looks like, but um, I don't know if that's going to be a spot for him full time. So I kind of see him as like a third down piece, you know, it's kind of how they use him last year. Um, I don't really know if, he has more room to grow as a player at this point. You know, he's been around for a while now, but um, right. I still think he can be a useful player. Um, he's a good blocker out of the backfield. On third down, you can use him as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So I think you can still use him in some ways and, you know, kind of get him in space if you need to. But, again, when you're looking at that running back, tight end position, I think they're pretty set. So um, maybe they can carve out a role for him, but we'll see. Bang. Look at that. So, yeah, that takes care of, like, the offensive side of the ball questions that I have. Obviously, you hit on a Except lot. for the offensive line. Well, okay. You want to get there? We're just going to avoid that, or <laughs> it's up to you, man. I'm here talking okay, about. Well, you. I, you know what? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll sneak this one in before uh, a first little break here, because yeah, I, I feel like I talk about it. It's just ad nauseum how much it worries yeah. me, but I think it's it's for good reason. And look, it, it, you want a teaser right there? We'll get to that in the fan survey too, a little bit. But am I in the right here? And when I say I, I mean like the bulk of Spartan fans is that being the biggest concern for the whole team next year, not just the offensive side of the ball, but is the offensive line the biggest concern? And obviously you feel fine about your starters, but it's the depth back there. A lot of inexperience. Or have you been hearing rumblings that some of these backup guys are in good situations? Or is that an unfair question because it's been so little offseason practice, you know, availability for you guys that you really don't have a good. Yeah. I, I think it's still kind of more wait and see with that group. Um, yeah. You know, with all the injuries to spring ball, they didn't really have a lot of time to gel. And usually right. you have some of that time, but they didn't really have a ton. So I think we'll learn more about that group at fall camp. Um, I do like the addition of Brian Green. Um, we'll see if they can add, I think, the South Carolina transfer, um, who's kind of been looking at MSU. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to come to the mix or not. But right. uh, we'll see if they can add at least one more tackle from the portal. If not, they're going to have to roll roll with the punches with the group that they have and sort of those backup freshmen at right and left tackle. Um, we'll kind of see with, with that group, but at the same time, I do like the starters. Like, I think yeah. you got a solid starting five. The question's always been the depth and if those young guys can come along as soon as this year, if they're needed. So I think that'll be a question that probably won't be answered until one of those guys goes down. Cause that's sort of inevitable with an offensive line. There's going to be injuries. So 
We'll learn about that probably in season, but for now, I would think it's probably still a big concern for MSU. I know. And, you know, sometimes I'll hear like, oh, like you don't trust Ethan Boyd or, or Baldwin. It's like, I, it's not that. It's just like, I, I don't, I, I've never seen him play and that scares me. Nobody like, has, yeah. one, Right. And it'd be one thing if like they've never played because they've been on the bench for three years just waiting for their time. But no, it's like they've, they've been here for all too long. So it's like yeah. young and experienced players. It's like, can it happen? Sure, it can, but like, oh, I'm just, ugh, I get so scared. Uh, you usually so, feel good going into year three, and this is still year two for a lot of those guys. So, probably a little right. bit early, but we'll see. Yeah. I know. So, we'll flip sides of the field here. I, I only have a few questions about defense, and then we'll funnel right into the fan survey talk with Colton. I, I got to say goodbye to your face just for a hot second here. I'm, I'm so sorry because I got to talk to the fine people about betonline.net. That's right. Yes, NBA finals are over, sadly. Stanley Cup playoffs are still in full swing. And yes, well, the U.S. Open just wrapped up. I, golf season never sleeps, baby. And yes, speaking of sleeping, you can bet money on the Detroit Tigers' dormant offense day in and day out. It's horrible watching the Tigers, but do you know what isn't horrible? Betting with the fine folks at betonline.net. They, they make it fun, no matter what it is that you are betting on, because they are your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup. As I just read that directly from the ad read, not even realizing that it just wrapped up, and I contradict myself right there. Let me proceed right here. Uh, the Stanley Cup Finals are still going on. Major League Baseball is still going on. And fighting news from MMA to UFC to boxing is all happening on BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. That is at BetOnline, where the game starts. And as we welcome the wonderful Colton Pouncey back, hey, thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, Colton, that ad read was a uh, that was a D minus at best. That that was tough. That was tough. I thought it was strong. You uh, who won the yeah, finals? Well, I got I got to know. Um, it, <laughs> I I got to get that one out of my head. Short short memory. Short memory. Um, you know, as a podcast, you got to be like a major league baseball pitcher. Short. Short memory right there. I just let three home runs off in a row, but the coaches keep me on the mound still to I enjoyed it. the rest of this inning. So, yeah, whatever. <sighs> yeah, bet, yeah, bet on this year's NBA basketball finals. It just wrapped up yet. What a, anyway, Colton, we got to talk about the defensive side of the ball here, and uh, you already know what my first question is going to be here. Uh, it's going to be about the pass defense, right? And earlier this week, uh, I get a text from uh, a, a lovely gentleman by the name of Rick. Uh, we're talking Michigan State football. Shout out to Rick, uh, new grandfather, so congrats to him. Anyway, that's not part of the question. He says, "What's well, what's going to go on with the pass defense? And I I say, like, it, it can't get worse. It, is, is that kind of like the right way to think about this? Or is there fear that it can really just be that bad for another year in a row? Because you're getting guys back that are going to be healthy. A mere speed is to have to be this great guy. Like, how should I and the rest of Spartan fans be feeling about the pass defense going into this year, in your opinion? I guess on paper you can say, oh, they return a lot of guys. But it's also kind of like, well, those guys didn't really do well last year. So <sighs> I, I, I get I that. But at the same time, right? I think there's reasons for optimism with the passing defense. And okay. okay. the reason I say that is because – it seems like they've made a shift in philosophy defensively with that nickel spot. The mm-hmm. last year we saw Darius Snow, and he was kind of almost acting like a third linebacker anyway. Obviously, he made that move to linebacker this offseason. But they're kind of taking that nickel spot and making it more of a, you know, put the cover corner there, which is what the NFL does with that spot. Smaller guy like Chester Kimbrough moving in. 
Sure. I like that for MSU because I think it gives them another pure corner on the field rather than sort of a hybrid like Darius Snow back there. So I think you're going to improve your coverage skills a little bit by having him inside, um, bringing in Amir Speed from, you know, started three games in like Georgia defense, which was insane. And it's basically an yeah. NFL factory. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> and then you have uh, Ronald Williams coming back. I think he's going to be better. He he really came on strong, I thought, last year, sort of, you know, towards the second half of the season. Um, so I think with that, those three cornerbacks, I think you're pretty solid with the two corners and the nickel. Um, and then at the safety position, it seems like Harlan Burnett wants to give Xavier Henderson and Angelo Gross more of a breather. I think those okay. guys finished fourth and sixth nationally in defensive snaps, if I have that correct. I believe that's the number, which is a oh. ton of snaps. Wow. Because they were on the field for a lot of passing plays well, and obviously yeah. didn't really go well. So right. it seems like they, they – but honestly, last year they didn't really have the depth to get rid of those guys and get them off the field. So – I think they have more now. I think Jaden Mangum is going to play a lot. Um, he's the young okay. guy I really like a lot, true freshman. He's the free safety of the future. So I think if you have a chance to get him on the field and you want to give those guys a breather, you put him out there and trust what he can do. Um, Kendall Brooks, I think, is going to play some more than he did last year now that he knows the system. So I think between those things, there's reason for optimism. Obviously, they go out and prove it. But I like that group. And honestly, I didn't mention um, – Chuck Brantley and Marky Lowry, those are two underrated guys that were kind of banged up last year. So if they're healthy, that gives you two solid backup cornerbacks um, sure. that adds to the depth there, which was an issue last year. So all things considered, reason for optimism, got to go out and prove it. And I, that's like the, the one big hangup that a lot of us have, right? Because just like you wrote in your state of the program piece, like defensive end really isn't going to be an issue here. You got Bogle, you got Petrowski, uh, the defensive line, the rest of them, pretty good depth there. There's 48 linebackers that could potentially start for this team. Like, that's not going to be an issue at all. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just all, all on the pass defense. No pressure, guys, but so help <laughs> me God. we Please just don't be in the last third of the nation in pass defense regardless. Anyway, yeah. um, I would love to get to the, the fan survey right now because this was a, a few weeks ago. I think what, how many questions did you put out there? I think it was like almost 20-ish questions maybe. maybe it might have been closer to 30 actually if I remember. Yeah. Let me see. yeah Whatever like it was. It was a blast to fill out. I mean, I always have fun filling this out, and obviously reading the results are fascinating as well. And we'll go down the list here. We're not going to hit on every single one of these. If you guys want to go check it out, it's all at The Athletic. It's awesome. But I do want to hit on the very first one at the top right here. And it starts off with, how would you describe the current condition of Michigan State football? You had 1,575 responses, so that's a really good turnout right there. Yeah, You had uh, poor, fair, good, very good, and excellent. So those are the five. Over 89% of people voted either very good or excellent. So my first question is, is what the hell's up with the rest of the 11% that just say 10% said good, 0.5% said fair, and then 0.1% said poor. I imagine that those people are illiterate or just Michigan fans that commented uh, as as they do, I guess. But I'm surprised it's not even higher than 89%. Like, things are pretty good right now, right? Or is there a legitimate argument for just saying, that's eh, good, could be better? I think given the sample size, and I think last time we did this, we had around 600 uh, voters, and this time okay. we had closer to 1,600. So uh, higher turnout, probably some Michigan fans are coming through. You know, sure. it always tends to happen. But I still think 89% is pretty good because I think I had in there that yeah, it was 89.4 that said excellent or very good, right? And that was 2022. Mm-hmm. Back in 2020, that number was 22.8%. And that was – did that April of 2020, so two months into the Tucker era – two months after D'Antonio retired. So 
the vibes are a little bit better, it seems, in East Lansing. So I think that's what that one told us. There we go. Well, that's that's fair enough, I suppose. And also, I think it was like, what, 76% uh, agreed with Mel Tucker coaching. Um, contract extension, uh, yeah, 72.6%, excuse me, right there. Mm-hmm. And But another one that's interesting that I kind of just want your um, – you know, your knowledge and your inside baseball insight on is the question of who is MSU's best recruiting assistant. Uh, Brandon Jordan, he took the cake with 50% of the votes. Uh, Chris Kapilovic, the offensive line coach, of course, took 15.5%. And then rounding out third place on the podium, Harlan Barnett, 9.8%. Now, knowing what you know about the program, does that kind of line up to what you're seeing as well? Or is there another assistant coach that you think should be getting more respect from the fan base that, maybe didn't reach the podium here. I think that's, you know, pretty in line with what I was thinking. Uh, Brandon Jordan, we've already seen what he's been able to do in a short amount of time. Sure. Um, He was hired in January. Already got Andrew DePay, four-star guy. He's got a ton of those guys on campus with, you know, um, you know, some of the guys they've had on campus already. Um, So I think we're going to see defensive line recruiting pick up. Not that it was bad before, but I think, you know, Jordan Mm -hmm. can take it to another level. Uh, offensive line recruiting, Chris Kapilvik has done a great job. And I've always thought that he was probably MSU's best assistant recruiter uh, before Brand Jordan came in, but I still think he does a great job. Um, this past weekend, you know, they're going to have a lot of guys on campus. Um, I think four, four-star offensive linemen from this weekend. Um, oh, yeah. So it'll be, it'll be a solid haul there. And I think he's going to land his fair share of four and five-star guys eventually. Um, I guess one underrated guy, I always think Courtney Hawkins does a great job. Uh, okay. You know, he was one of the guys that identified Keon Coleman. Um, you know, he, they had uh, Jeremy Bernard. They have uh, Antonio Gates Jr. He's kind of responsible for recruiting those guys. And as their position coach, I think he's going to do a good job. He's, I think he's one of the more underrated coaches on staff in terms of his ability to break down technique. You know, we see him out there for fall camp and, you know, some spring practices. And you can really tell that he enjoys the teaching aspect of things. So um, I think he's all there. So I would say – Maybe he could be a little bit higher, but it's hard to argue. He's already fourth on that list. You know, Harlan Barnett does a good job recruiting DBs. He was third. So um, I think it's pretty spot on for the most part. Bang. Look at that. And obviously, you know, there's more questions that we got to get to, but it brings me no joy in saying this, but I got to say goodbye to you really quick. Again, Colton, this brings me no joy. But do you know what does bring me joy, everyone? Built Bars. That's right, Built Bars. They dropped a new flavor of Built Puffs. Now, Built Puffs, what are they? They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Still wrapped in 100% real chocolate, but my goodness gracious, they dropped a mud pie Built Puff. And when I got in the mail the other day, I almost fell straight on the floor. Uh, I love their birthday cake puff. I love their churro puff. The mud pie puff uh, absolutely positively slaps. Tastes like a dessert, but... Gets the body feeling like you are ready for whatever it is that you got to get ready for, whether it's your round of golf, whether it's a day of yard work, whether it's working out, whether it's a job interview, whatever it is, Built Puff, the mud pie flavor with their 16 grams of protein will have you feeling some type of way. And they'll also have your wallet feeling some type of way, gang. That's right, because when you go to Built.com, smash in promo code LOCKED15. That's going to save you 15% off of your order. And not just Built Puffs, you can go for the standard Built Bar, which absolutely slaps. Go for the Built Granola Bar, which goes absolutely hard. Or, just like I said it, I'll say it one more time, their Built Puffs never stop going in. So, head to Built.com right now, smash in promo code LOCK15, and that's going to get you 15% off your order. One more time, for 15% off, smash in promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. 
Colton, that one went a little better. I Excellent. didn't talk. I, I didn't talk about an NBA Finals that already wrapped up. Uh, <laughs> I kept it inside the lane. So here we are going into the seventh, eighth, ninth, ninth inning right now, talking more about your fan survey that you did for the Athletic. Uh, awesome work as always, because that's just obviously what you do at the Athletic. Um, recruiting's hot in the streets, and we've gone too long this episode without talking about recruiting. I'm starting to break out in hives. I'm very disappointed with myself here. <laughs> So let's just go right to this question. Where do you think Michigan State's 2023 recruiting class will rank when it's all said and done? Top 11 to 15, which is what I think I voted for is the top one. 53% of voters said that. Top 16 to 20, 23%. Uh, and then t- top 6 to 10, 15.8%. And then top 5.8 people said that. So um, right now, it's very optimistic. I absolutely love the energy of top 5 right now. So... <laughs> As it stands, like I said, we're recording on Thursday afternoon, so if anything happened over the weekend, the number's going to change. But on 24-7 Sports, Michigan State is right now at number nine. Still a lot of game left. Where do you see MSU's recruiting class kind of tapering off here at the end? Is it going to be in that 11 to 15 range? Higher? Lower? What are you feeling right now as we're kind of halfway through uh, recruiting season? You know, I actually didn't actually you know go through the process and – you know, answer all the questions I put out there. I probably should have, but if I if I uh-huh. were to do this one, it would have been top eleven to fifteen. Okay. Um, just because you know, I know they're they're ninth right now, but it's so early. I think Northwestern right. is like number three or something right now, or Texas Tech might be two. It's crazy. Yeah. Alabama just, is like forty third right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah <laughs> just by like pure number well. of commits. So, right. um, I do like where MSU's what they're doing and and kind of where they're headed. And I think you know they're probably going to get some more prospects from this weekend from earlier visits, even if they don't commit in the next, you know, couple of weeks, it could be something down the road where, Hey, that visit in June left a lasting impression on me. So now, you know, you're, you're maybe my top five, my top three. Now when it's December, I'm ready to choose. I feel good about where we were back then. So I do see 11 to 15, which would be great. That'd be one of the best classes of all time. I think at MSU, if they do that, um, yeah. at least the last, like since, you know, 2000, um, so that's kind of where I see them. You know, I guess you can make the case that they can get up to top eight. They would need a lot of things to go their way and some of those five stars to commit, which I do think they're sitting well with some of those guys like Sam Tomacola. Uh, <laughs> DJ Hicks seems to like Brandon Jordan a lot, so we'll see what sure. he does. But um, at the same time, I still think, you know, if you can get to 11 to 15 this year and continue to stack classes like that while also working the portal – you're going to have a pretty solid roster every single year. So I think that's a good spot for MSU. No doubt. And you also uh, asked the question to, um, you know, which player uh, is the best coming back to Michigan State next year. Jaden Reed took the cake 71%. Peyton Thorne, 19.4%. But all the way down at the bottom, Keon Coleman with 0.3%. So I'm actually going to go to this question right now is, which returning player is due for a breakout year? And Keon took the cake in this one. Doing a lot of cake talk right now. Sorry, I don't know why. Uh, Keon Coleman, 37.5%. Tight end Malik Hart just behind him, 32%. And then Jeff Petrowski, 10.2%. In your opinion, who is going to be the biggest breakout player for Michigan State? Is it going to be Neon Keon Coleman? Or is it someone I didn't just name off right there? You know, and I think I wrote this in the in the fan survey, but I probably should have put Trey Mosley in there. Uh, to me, I don't. I guess I don't consider him huh. a great candidate because he's played right. for a few years now. But yeah. just based on, you know, his target share is going to go up this year without mm-hmm. Jalen Naylor. Um, you know, he's a senior now. So I, I think 
I probably should have put him in there as a breakup candidate, but I didn't. So we got a lot of uh, Trey Mosley write-in votes for that one. So sure, I would go okay. with Keon just because he's more of the true breakout candidate, right? You know, he was only a freshman last year, didn't play a ton. I don't even think he started a game last year. So I, I would expect him to become the full-time starter this year as a sophomore and kind of, kind of, you know, take control of that position in a way and basically set himself up to be the number one guy when Shane Reed leaves um, after the season. So Keon Coleman, and I think it seems like a lot of people agree with me. So uh, I think that's a good yeah. one for them. No, no doubt. And so here – I don't know if this will be the last question, but it's definitely one of the most fascinating ones on here is you asked, will, is the roster better this year than it was last year? And I think 84% of people said yes, if I'm not mistaken. And on the contrary, though, the question later on is, will Michigan State be better in 2022 than it was in 2021? No is actually the winner right here with 54.9% of the vote. So it's almost a coin toss, but... That's a fascinating question because on one hand, like, yeah, the roster could be better this year, but also like, whoo, if we're talking 11 and two or better, like winning all your rivalry game trophies, winning the New Year's six bowl game, like that, that is a very high bar to climb right there. So, and this is another question you asked later on too, but like what, I guess, what record do you think Michigan state will hit this year? I mean, what is going to be the ceiling and what's the floor as far as like, you know, that was kind of a disappointing year for this group of guys. Yeah, those three questions that you just listed were all fascinating to me, and I was curious to see what right. MC fans would say because I agree that the roster is better from top to bottom. Obviously, like we mentioned, when you lose a guy like Kenneth Walker, it's tough, but they've yeah. added so much at other positions that you have to think that the floor of the roster is higher than it was last year. They have more depth. They have more impact players from the portal that I think will be able to start than last year. Um, so I think when you factor that all in, it's like, oh, of course they're going to be better than last year, but at the same time, they won 11 games. Like, that's a lot. Um, sure. It's hard. Like, what's better than 11 games, 12 games? Like, you get to 12, you're all of a sudden, you know, top three, four, five team. You're in the playoff discussion. So and that's basically die. what we're asking. Yeah. <laughs> I would cease to exist uh, if they've reached 12 wins this year. Right. <laughs> that would be too much for me to handle. But, yeah, that's – But that's the discussion we're talking about. So, right. yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough. I don't – I guess I don't see MSU as a playoff team this year. Um, I still think they have some work to do in recruiting to get those high-end players that that's what you need to kind of compete against those schools um, and, you know, take down the Ohio States, you know, they're still pretty far away from that right now. But uh, I, I agree that the roster is better. I kind of see them in that nine and three, eight and four range with room to grow. If everything comes together, um, I could see 10 wins being realistic. Um, if the running back position is sorted out, if the offensive line comes together and those guys stay healthy and if the defense and the secondary can get sorted out, I don't see why 10 wins, you know, wouldn't be a possibility if all that stuff comes together. So right. that's sort of the question you're playing. Like, is it going to come together? Maybe, you know, we just got to wait and see. I know it's, it's all that, but also combined with, and you know, I, I don't think a lot of people do this, but when Vegas comes out with their win totals and it's like Michigan state is seven and a half, it's like, well, what the hell do they know that we don't? But then again, I think it was, it opened up at five and a half. One book had him at four and a half last year when it opened up and yeah. you know, 11 and that two. So always. it's like, well, yeah, then what do they know? That's right. The hell with them. So I, yeah. it's just what I'm going to be, you know, talking myself in circles. The whole rest I think of the, the floor, I think the floor is probably seven wins. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, I think you need some things to go wrong to get to seven and five. But yeah. same time, eight and four, nine and three is solid to bet on. If you want to make that bet over seven and a half, I would, I would do that if I were betting men. But, uh, uh, you know, and I am. So, yeah, I, I think I will be traveling over to 
betonline.net to uh, make that wager right there. That's right. I'm a company man, Colton. You know there you that. Go. Um, love it. You know, I want to end it on this one because I love that you throw these kind of questions in here. And this is about the fan experience because, listen, yeah, we're all all in. We're all invested in what's going on in the field. But, damn it, we're still important, Colton. That's right. Think about us, the ones sitting on the metal bleachers right here. So you ask if you could change one thing about the game day experience at Michigan State, what would it be? Sell beer and alcohol is the winner, 41.2%. Uh, the tailgating experience comes in at 21.8%. Uh, restroom upgrades get a nod. Better music slash entertainment. Right in response has got 8%. I don't know if you have it up in front of you, but did you have a favorite write in for this one? Because mine might be, quote, stop putting up the kicking net 10 minutes before they even kick the ball. <laughs> that is like the like the most like niche, like anal comment to write. That I that's yeah. some that's like something that I would write honestly. So maybe that's why I love it so much because it's like, oh man, there's another one of me out there that would get really annoyed with this minuscule thing about the game. So love it. But did you have a favorite? That, <laughs> that was pretty good. I think someone said more melting moments, which I enjoyed personally. Absolutely. Uh <laughs> there, there are a lot, there are a lot of good ones, I would say. Um and honestly, this is like that's one of the most fascinating questions to me because I'm not yeah. sitting in the sands, so I don't really know what it's right. like with that experience. I might have to do that sometime. Just check it out for myself but you know i would never think you know the nets coming down is going to be a problem for anyone like it's not <laughs> hey. stuff that crosses my mind so it's fascinating <laughs> to read that from you guys so it's one of the reasons why i enjoy doing this fan survey and you know i got to kick out of some of those responses for sure and i yeah i knew that alcohol and beer was going to win i just put it there just because you kind of have to and i don't really know why more big 10 schools aren't doing that it seems like they're kind of outdated you might you might as well you can get some good revenue that way so i don't know maybe it'll change in the future it was the athletics that wrote a piece on how Iowa has just raked in a few million last yeah. year through alcohol sales. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but money seems like a pretty important thing. And uh, no doubt about it that, you know, programs like Michigan State enjoy money and, you know, paying their coaches handsomely with dollars. Or, you know, pay like for security or, I don't Hey, this is a shocker. Uh, no <laughs> shortage for usage of money on a university campus. So, yeah, just go ahead. Rip me off. I, I, I'm not, again, I'll say it every time it's brought up. I'm not looking to get absolutely bamboozled, you know, $14 at a time. Like, uh, I'm going to do that in the tailgate. It's just that I don't want that third quarter hangover to hit me like a Mack truck, you know? Like, I, yeah. let me spend $15 on a lukewarm Miller Lite or a Labatt, wherever you want to serve me, just so I can, you know, die in the car ride home, so, so to speak. That's what, so, that's what the people want. That's what the people want. <laughs> that's not asking a lot, right? I mean, come on. Please, yeah, help, help us fund whatever you want to fund. So with that said, how often are you bumping into Alan Haller uh, when you're in your cushy press box? Can you, like, slip him a note from us being like, hey? like I do see him quite a bit. He's kind of roaming around up there, so I probably could. <laughs> All right, you are our mall then to, to get this implemented. Because I'm sure Alan Haller doesn't hear the cries from us already. Like, he's probably right. oblivious to all this. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, man. So, no, it was awesome. Um, again, I, you know, these are only two pieces that you've written in the last few weeks. Uh, do you have anything else coming up uh, hot on the docket right now over the, at The Athletic? Ooh. Um, yeah. I got a couple of projects I'm working on. I'll, I'll keep it on the rest for now. But uh, Ooh, you know, a few fun things that you guys are going to want to read. Go. So, so that's, a, that's, that's what we call a tease. That is go. a professional tease right there from a professional <laughs> man. He's Colton Pouncey. He's the best. Uh, we will be back tomorrow cleaning up any news that we've missed over the weekend and also, well, what news that can be down the pike for Michigan State. But, yeah, thanks a lot for making a Lock on Spartans your first listen. And thank you so much for your time, Colton. You're the best. And everyone watching, listening, love you all. Go Green. Let's go.